You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Saints for a touchdown! Each your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good! We'll take you to places most fans never go. Will Watts from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! Taysom TD! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Hey, y'all. Who dat? And welcome in. My name is Jeff Nowak, and this is another Sports Talk-fueled edition of Inside Black and Gold. Myself, Steve Geller, and Charlie Long hosted on WWL, and we got a chance to chat with Kat Terrell from ESPN, talk about the upcoming Saints training camp her expectations what we think we're going to see from dennis allen in year two is he going to be less of a robot we're going to find out what do we expect from pete carmichael in year what is it 17 now who the heck knows is he going to be less of a robot we're going to find out we're going to hear from her and a little bit more on her expectations we're also going to get into some usa today fan rankings for a fun segment kind of going through where they think the saints rank and where they think everyone else in the nfl ranks a lot of fun, so stick around for that in the second segment. But without further ado, here is that interview with Kat Terrell from ESPN. Enjoy. Gearing you up for Saints training camp is going to be, seems like a brutal one already, gents, just because of the heat we're dealing with now. Uh, the countdown is less than a month away. Uh, happy to welcome in, though, ESPN Saints reporter Kat Terrell. And as as we're already complaining about the heat, Kat, I know you're getting ready to go on a fantastic vacation at least. Um, yes, in uh, about 24 hours, I'll be on vacation. I'm really excited to do something other than just sit in my air conditioning and wish that it was not 100 degrees outside. So we're all ready for, for uh, August and July, right? I mean, it's going to be great. Well, Kat, before we get into the Saints, I know you're out in Omaha for the for the World Series. How, how was that? Did you have your share of Jello shots? <laughs> well, we crowdfunded some Jello shots. <laughs> okay. So we got people from home to buy them for us. Um, so, you know, I, I did my part, um, but it was great. You know, I was there in 2017, and I got my family to come up and then watch them lose. So, you know, this time I actually got to see them win, and um, it was just really fun. You know, I was telling my brother, there's uh, nothing like the College World Series. You know, it's kind of crazy that you have fans up there for two weeks not knowing when they're going to go home. Um, it's a great event, and, you know, hopefully LSU will be back again soon. So you- how do you do that? Do you just, like, book the hotel and keep extending it? How, how do they do that? Well, I think that depends on your age. <laughs> um, 
I know people, you know, back in, I don't know, 20, uh, 10 years ago, back when I was in college, I had friends that were like eight to a hotel room in Council Bluffs, Iowa, would just extend it every day. And um, I, I did not go that direction. You know, basically my philosophy is find a friend that has a house up there yeah. and then see if you can stay with them. So I think that's what people do, though. I don't I don't really know. Like, I don't who has the money to, like, I don't know, book a Marriott for two weeks. Uh, I don't really know how some people do it, to be completely honest, maybe RVs, things like that. But, um, yeah, it's really different versus, like, if you're 21 versus, like, in your 40s or 50s, I guess. Getting back onto the black and gold topic, Kat, uh, what that really stood out to you, I guess, from the OTAs and mandatory minicamp from this team uh, that makes you at least positive, more positive than you maybe thought you were heading into training camp? Well, I think that Derek Carr has really made a good impression on all of his teammates already. Look, I know that they do this every year with whatever quarterback's there. Um, everyone, you know, is going to fall behind the quarterback and only kind of say nice things. But the way they talk about him, I, I feel like I really believe it. Um, it really seems like they're buying in. I mean, just look at Michael Thomas, for one. I think that they had an instant connection. Now, I mean, does that mean – Michael Thomas is going to go out there and, and look like he did a couple of years ago. I, I have no idea, but I definitely think it's a positive sign how excited he is. Um, so, you know, it all starts with a quarterback. So I really do think that's one own positive thing, but it'll really just, I think, depend on how well Carr plays and what they get out of their receivers. The Shahid had a great year last year, but, you know, he's got to take another step forward. And I would say the same thing, um, with Jawan Johnson, he needs to take a step forward. But I do think they have a lot of really good pieces in place to do that. Yeah, so one thing that I think has has appeared, at least to me, through the first you know month of experiencing Dennis Allen in year two, is he seems to be a little bit more comfortable. He seems to be reading the room a little bit better. I don't know if that's a good way to put it. I'm curious, what, what has been your impression of, of DA? Because I think at times last year, he kind of got – lost in the I don't want to say energy but like he's just not a high energy person right like the the emotion isn't always there but I think you're seeing a bit more personality this year I'm curious how you have kind of seen that over the last you know month plus yeah I think last year was a really weird transition I think it was always going to be uh, he and uh, Sean have such different personalities and you know right from the start to me it felt like it was Dennis Allen still trying to lead Sean Payton's team um, because they they tried so hard to keep so much the same. Uh, the coaching staff, I I think the roster was largely the same. There's turnover every year, but it felt like they wanted to you know keep all the pieces in place, and that's such a good idea in theory when you've had success. But I think it puts the head coach in an awkward position of having to, you know, lead guys that had been used to being led by someone else. Um, You know, I think one big thing is that now they don't have co-defensive coordinators. You know, he hired his own defensive coordinator. So he's really able to put more of his voice on things and and relax a little bit now that, you know, we're a year out, uh, Peyton is coaching somewhere else. And, you know, it's a little more of his team. But, you know, on the flip side, that means if they don't do well this year, there's really no excuse. You know, he got his quarterback. That's his guy. He got to hire the people he wanted. So really, truly is, you know, all Dennis Allen this year. No excuses. 
Yeah, and I think you brought up an interesting point there. And I think if you went back and look at last year, so much of it felt like just that one week where Dennis Allen took over for Sean when he was out with COVID. It did feel yeah. like at times it was like, yeah, okay, he's he's there, but this isn't his team. And now you obviously had Derek Carr, you had yeah, Joe Woods and Marcus Robertson, all these guys that he knows and he trusts. So I think that is a good point. You know, as you kind of look at this offense, too, from the Pete Carmichael side of things, because that holdover is still there from the Sean Payton era. How how do you see this offense kind of evolving from last year, which I just felt like was it felt canned, it felt a little too predictable, especially later in the year. You get to that Panthers game and it was like this is not this isn't an offense that is going to win you any games. And they they ended up taking down the Eagles. I don't think they played particularly well in that game either. How do you think this offense can take a step forward this year compared to what we saw last year? Well, for one thing, I think they, I don't know if this is the right term, but, you know, they're very wishy-washy on the quarterback situation. I understand their injuries and things like that. But, you know, again, I guess this is kind of a comparison to the coaching thing. With Andy Dalton, I'm sure for a while it felt like a weird being in the middle of it's not really my team and I'm the temporary quarterback to now I guess I'm the permanent quarterback, even though it's very clear we're just going to keep going with me until unless I don't play well. So, I mean, that's weird. I think having a big car team is going to be a, a huge difference, you know, for better, for worse. They're not flip-flopping between quarterbacks, hopefully, provided no one gets hurt and, and things like that. So, you know, that's one big thing. But, you know, you, you mentioned Pete Carmichael. Um, you know, I'm rambling about something else. But I think that's interesting to see how he'll evolve in year two because I felt like at times last year it was almost – I don't know. He would give interesting answers to questions like, you know, why didn't Taysom Hill – get into the um, Browns game until there was 41 seconds left in the second quarter. I only know that because I happened to look it up today. Uh, I don't have that good of a memory. And, you know, he would just say that's on me. And, like, that's a great that's a great thing to say, but, like, are you going to fix it? So I think, you know, he kind of needs to be more, I think, take charge this year in kind of fixing some of those issues that cropped up, if that makes sense. Kat, uh, checking out your latest article here on ESPN.com. Everyone can go uh, view it there. How a spark fl- plug, an ugly runner, and a rookie will carry this Saints backfield. And the self-proclaimed ugly runner, man, he has been pretty impressive to start for this Saints team. Uh, obviously, on the field, we haven't seen too much yet because the guys aren't in pads. But speaking with Jamal Williams has been a ton of fun and definitely looking forward to what he brings to this team all season. Yeah, absolutely. I think fans are going to absolutely love him if they don't already. Uh, you talk to him for two minutes. It's it's hard not to like him. Um, that ugly runner quote was so hard to uh, put into an article because it was ten times funnier in person. He was actually saying, you know, like how he runs and makes ugly faces, and um, he demonstrated. And, you know, he was saying Kamara is just not like that at all. But he is going to be a really important part of this offense because, as we all know, Kamara has that trial date looming on July 31st. And I've actually been doing a really a lot of reading into the personal conduct policy to try to figure out what might happen. And, um, you know, it, it basically says um, if you're involved in a felony assault case, uh, it's minimum six games if we choose to suspend you. And it, I, it made it sound like if you embarrass the NFL – 
you can still get those six games regardless of how the outcome is. So, you know, <laughs> he's going to be important, especially if Kamara's not around for six games. And obviously, Kendra Miller as well, once he returns from that knee injury. If all three of them are around, I'm actually really excited to see how they split snaps and how they use them as pass catchers and things like that. So I think it could be really fun. Kat, definitely appreciate the time uh, and beat the heat on your vacation. And do you still have packing to do or are you a last minute, you know, throw it in the bag and take off? <laughs> oh, I definitely haven't packed yet. I'm a, I'm a last minute person all the way. So I'm sure I'll be doing that at like 1 p.m. tomorrow before my flight. <laughs> Uh, awesome. Appreciate the time. Kat Terrell from ESPN.com, Saints reporter. Great stuff as always, and be talking to you soon. Stay cool on vacation. Yes, see you guys soon. Thanks, Kat. And there it is. I thought you made some interesting points, especially as it comes to Dennis Allen, a guy who I think most Saints fans would universally say they didn't like last year. Um, but I do think that this year, with some new pieces in tow, with a bit more comfortability in the system, we're going to see a little bit different Dennis Allen. But hey, don't quote me, because when he comes out and says, keep doing what you're doing, I'm not going to defend that either. But all right, we're going to hit the break here on Inside Black and Gold. If you haven't hit that subscribe button yet, please do that. Leave a rating, leave a review wherever you get your podcast. You can follow on Twitter at Saints underscore pod. We're going to come back and go through those USA Today fan rankings. Stick around. And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold, a sports talk fueled edition. Myself, Steve Geller, and Charlie Long. We're going through fan rankings, fan rankings, fan rank from USA Today's Mike Freeman. Thought it was an interesting little column. So we're going to go through from top to bottom, see where the Saints rank, see where the rest of the NFC South ranks. Spoiler, the Saints are better than the rest of the NFC South. Enjoy. Going to try to have a little more fun, even this segment. Uh, start talking about the... NFL fan bases in the rankings, and I know obviously this is all pretty much. Oh, this is official. Yeah, this. Is, yeah, this. This. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but USA Today put out their rankings, and it's pretty curious, I'll say the least. That tier one, we'll get to right off the bat here. Uh, tier one, they have them calling it deer hunters. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. I, I wasn't but, quite sure either. Yeah, they got the they got the, the they got the Browns, the Steelers, and the Packers in there. I think that's fair. Saints aren't up there, but they're, you know, I, I, that's fine. I can deal with that. Packers are a good fan base. That's all they got. The Browns, I though? I don't know how good they are. I, I realize they've put up a, a yes, lot of stuff over the years. The, it is impossible to be a Browns fan without being the most dedicated person on the planet. <laughs> so I, I can buy that. Because if you were, you saw, you were at that game. Right. In the frigid cold and they were still. They close. were there. Absolutely. They were, they were watching that game. And it's like, you give them all the props in the world. Like they were still there and they lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I buy it. I'll give it to them. The factory of sadness still has fans in it and they, I, they earned that spot. And I obviously know we're going to get to it, but you kind of have to put Detroit Lions fans in that category too then, huh? No. No? Absolutely not. They haven't suffered as much as Cleveland? No, because they've just always been bad. Like, Cleveland has had good teams, and they've still been bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the Lions are just the Lions, and they did get Megatron for a bit. No, I, I don't. I, I put Detroit in the middle tier, but I wouldn't put them at the top. And Steelers fans, sure, I, I think you, that's Definitely. fair. They have a very 
intelligent fan base, right? Like you, I feel like when you talk to a Steelers fan, you have a very in-depth conversation about stuff that actually is real. <laughs> and for me, honestly, might have been the only, maybe I'll say one of the only times. I'm sure there's been other others that I can't think of, but I just recall the Superdome, whatever year it was, Halloween against the Steelers, and all those terrible towels waving. Yeah. And it was just amazing how it felt like they kind of took over the dome that day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So they obviously travel well. And yeah. we, we, we know the, the Packers fans, for crying out loud, they own a part of the team. Yeah, I mean, the Packers, it's like all they got there. You better be good fans. <laughs> I mean, what else is happening? Like, that's why I'm, I'm going to be fascinated to see how Aaron Rodgers reacts in New York, where it's like you are one of like 12 teams. Good luck. <laughs> anyway, so move it, let's move on to tier, tier two. two. Order in the court is what they call it. So, you know, this is where the Saints probably could be. They're not in this tier. The, the Lions, as you mentioned. So, so <laughs> the description for the, the <laughs> Browns, say, right? See the Browns. Yeah, it says, it's easy to be a fan when you win a lot. Try being a fan when you lose all the time. <laughs> being a Browns fan is what it must feel like getting a grand jury subpoena except every week. <laughs> no fan base is more dedicated. And then for the Lions, it says, see the Browns. <laughs> so, yeah, I think you, you had that that one then the Ravens I, I feel like yeah they're kind of similar to the Steelers you win a lot so you just kind of engender a good fan base Seahawks you know very loud Seattle's a really great sports city I don't know if over there. there right yeah I mean they, they should have an NBA team you know they got they got kind of uh housed out of that I'm trying to f- find a way to say that yeah getting an FCC violation <laughs> right and you know what in NBA jam that was my favorite go-to squad they should have the seattle super sonics i'm not gonna say take the take new orleans no team, no take someone else but they should have an nba team i mean the super sonics was such a cool name ray allen love the uniform kevin durant was technically drafted by the <laughs> seattle Supersonics. um so yeah seattle great sports city i, I do love that city and then the eagles which i disagree with i think they're a bunch of clowns they get there because they're mean they're loud they're brash yeah um they throw snowballs and and batteries at, at santa claus yeah, there you go yeah. right um, they, when they win a Super Bowl, they tear their city to the ground, you know, so that's Sadly, something. you know what, that's most, you see that a lot with championships. It's like. Didn't happen here. Fans go kook. No, because we, we got the because best. Because we channel we got the best it well. Fans, right. We channel it well, right? We know how have to a good celebrate. Time, right. There's no it's need like to create chaos. Thing. Right. We don't have to break stuff. We just have a, we line up in the streets and we yell. They, they, they had Fires, a parade when they didn't the Super Bowl. Yeah, we don't need to do any of that. So that's why the fan base is so great. Yeah, it's like I, I would put the Eagles lower just because they can't handle success. I, I just don't like the fact that the Saints aren't even in this at least tier tier two category. Yeah, but there's a lot of tiers. Like it's not like there's tier one, tier two, tier three. There's like six tiers here, and so <laughs> we're going down to tier three. Sonic All to tier boom. three. Yeah, so the Saints are here, so they're getting some respect here. I think they should be in tier two, but that's just me. And so here's what he said about yeah. the Saints, and and we should mention this is written by. Mike Freeman, USA Today, longtime columnist. I've been reading Mike Freeman stuff for a while. He's really good. Um, it says, so the Saints, there were times covering games, though, where I literally could not hear what the person next to me was saying. Facts. Sounded like being inside a jet engine. I will never forget how loud it was at the NFC Championship in 2018. I had headphones in my ears, and I could not hear them because I was listening to the broadcast in my head on the headphones, yeah. and I could not hear them. I had the volume up all the way, and it was like I, I, they're basically just earplugs at this point because <laughs> I, I could not hear a word that was being said on the broadcast. Um, the stadium broke that day. Like a part of the roof fell to the floor, <laughs> and, and a piece of me broke when that, that play happened. Yeah. But, no, I mean, I think that's a pretty good reason. If you're looking for a reason to put the Saints up high on this list, it's, I don't know if there's a louder venue in sports. You know on the sideline I carry one of those uh, decibel meters, Yeah, and I really haven't had – the need to take it out 
the last two seasons, yeah, unfortunately. But 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 yeah, like you mentioned, there, there's times when that place is humming. I don't know of a venue that can beat it. Obviously, and I miss that. <laughs> I'd like to see it again. Oh, we totally miss that. We've talked about that before too. It's like enough of this mediocrity. We want to get back to that great Saints football because winning is fun. <laughs> I agree. And so the next team on this list, I think, is interesting. It's the Raiders, and. You know, it's kind of fascinating because I agree. Like when when we we've done podcasts and there's comments from people coming in and be like, "I'm a Raiders fan, but I love Derek Carr and I want to see him succeed and blah blah blah." And it's like it's kind of fascinating because they have fans in two different cities. Because like right. Oakland still roots for the Raiders, obviously. I imagine. I, I don't know. I've never asked Oakland Oaklandians. Oh, is that what you call them? Yeah, Oaklandians. Uh, I like that. Like they must still appreciate the Raiders, even though they moved away, right? Like I imagine. I don't think there's resentment. And then Vegas has embraced the Raiders. So it's just kind of fascinating because I wouldn't have expected them to be this high just because they they moved. That and the fact that the organization's been a total cluster, you know what kind of deal. Yeah. Um, and it's you would think that like the, the fan Browns base, and the Lions. <laughs> yeah, you would think that the fans would get so disinterested, but yeah, the the black hole and those Raider fans are definitely uh, up there with Saints fans. I think in you know the the craziness department. Yeah, and then so Forty ers are on this list too. I think that's fair. You know, th- that's it's funny because the Raiders are a team that really hasn't had ever had that like glory days. Like they had a couple really good years with like Rich Gannon, but they never had like like the Forty ers had. To Jerry Rice, you know, and, and Joe Montana, Montana like, Steve Young, you know, they had the best of the best, and then they, but they're still like, uh, you know, they're not spoiled by it, like the Cowboys still, I would say, are. <laughs> um, so tier four, we're getting into the, the the these are still so tier four. You're still at the higher end of the spectrum because you got the Bills, who I would say are a little underrated. Right, that Bills mafia is cuckoo. They say he, he writes jump on tables <laughs> in minus four hundred degree weather. Enough said, but that only puts them in tier four. Um, which I, I give the Bills all the credit in the world. When they came down here for that Thanksgiving game, I mean, they stayed in that stadium. I was there, for, I mean, because like when I cover the games, I'm staying there for another two hours to write. Yeah. The fans, the Bills fans were still there. I mean, they were cheering and they were yelling. It was fascinating to watch because uh, all the Saints fans got out of there as quickly as possible. It's Thanksgiving in New Orleans. Go, go drink at a bar, guys. What are you doing? Hanging out in the stadium as weirdos. Well, I guess because everything is so close too. I mean, you know, it's a really easy walking city, so they figure we might as well party in the dome and then make our way to Bourbon. Yeah, it's, and maybe it's just like a like a natural thing where it's like in in Buffalo they would have to huddle together for warmth, so they stay in the stadium. <laughs> um, anyway, the Broncos are the next team on that list. I guess the, that's why they named it the Let's Ride tier. The Let's the Let's Ride tier. Yeah, the Bills and the Broncos. You know, I do wonder if maybe if they weren't both horses, they wouldn't have ended up there. I think you just wanted to lump the horses together. And then the Colts just couldn't get get up there. Tier five, full cup with a K. So you can imagine one of the teams in here: uh, the Commanders, the Bengals, the Hoodays, and the Rams. Yeah, that's I, I I don't have any strong feelings about any of these fan bases. I think the the Rams don't really have a fan base. I mean, <laughs> I was going to say, come on, right? They just don't have one. Um, so. But, I mean, I, I think the, Commanders actually have a decent fan base, which is kind of weird. Remember, although they had that really sad video when they announced the name, and it was like the State Farm commercial jingle that they were trying yeah, to Yeah, I was like, what are you doing? It was very it was very. But, sad. yeah, the past, with when they were the Washington Redskins, obviously very famed fans with the, you know, the, well, it's the hogs. A, it's a team with such a like long history, right? Anytime you have that like really yeah. developed history for a team, you're going to have you know, generational fans, um, and that's what they have, compared to the Rams, who I just don't think have anything. And to to look at the Bengals, too, on this, I can't 
I don't, I don't really know any Bengals fans, honestly. I, there's a lot here now because Joe Burrow's there, but yeah. overall in general, it's like, how many times have you run into like a Bengals fan to talk to? Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, I'm sure there's more now. It's really <laughs> the question is when they're bad again, are they going to stick around? Exactly. So we have, And keep in mind, there has not been a single other NFC South team through any of these first five tiers. So that but tells wait, you. there's we're more. We're getting to it. <laughs> Tier six, perfect. So you can imagine which, which version. But there's two of them. So we get the Bucks, and he says... The Buccaneers fan base will be tested in the post-Brady era. The Yuccaneers might be back, and yeah, we'll, I agree completely. Yeah, we'll see the Brady bandwagers fall off quick. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. I'm so <laughs> excited to watch that team re- realize in real time that it's like, man, Tom Brady just pilot us directly into the sun and then let us fall to earth in a heap. There's a no, no other guy I would like to see upset than Bruce Arians. <laughs> <laughs> the stupid hat. Yeah, and I mean, like, there are, there are players on the Bucks that I like. You know, I, I agree with Cam Jordan. I think Mike Evans is a very, very good wide receiver, even though I think he's a punk. Chris Godwin's a great player. Don't talk that way about Marshawn Lattimore's son. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes you gotta you, you got to discipline your children. Anyway, yeah, so I agree with that completely. And then the Panthers, who I would put the Panthers fan base slightly above the Bucks. Um, just because I think the Bucks fan base is so transient. I've been there for a Giants game, and there was more Giants fans than Bucks fans in that game. Right. And it was I think it was the it was weird because it was the Jason Pierre Paul his first game back after blowing off his hand and he went he played at South Florida. Right. And South Florida actually played their games at Raymond James Stadium or at least they do sometimes. So uh yeah, it was kind of an interesting game. Anyway, not a lot of culture in that fan base. Shane Vereen scored a touchdown in that game. Anyway. And then the Colts. Loud stadium, but fans are a tad front runnery. It's, I think that's what happens when you have Peyton Manning for so many years. I'll say, too, about the Panthers. I was really shocked. What was that? Week three, the Saints played them this past season. And just walking into that stadium, it was amazed how friendly the Panthers workers at the stadium were yeah. and even fans. But they all said to me, oh, you know, you know, welcome here, everything kind of deal. It's like, well, you guys are going to win today, though. They've been so beaten down about their their it's poor their history over the years, even at home. They're like, oh, we're not even going to win this game. I'm not even going to try to, like, even talk, you know, smack to you about the NFC South. It was just like, well, you guys will probably win. Good luck. And I love me a good open-air stadium somewhere that's not going to get cold. Man, I do, too. And I know that, obviously... The dome is special, and yeah. it has a, a, a oh, lot of I got a lot of love for it here. You can't do it, but man, oh man, I do love those road games yeah. when you're outside. It really does have that whole entire football feel, and especially a night game. Man, those Thursday or Sunday night, Monday night games outside are awesome. I agree. So let's let's go down. We'll have to speed this up a little bit. There's ten <laughs> tiers. We're on tier seven. It says pool or the pond. The pond would be good for you. You have ja- the Jaguars, Jaguars, who admittedly should be higher. This says when I worked in Jacksonville, found them to be some of the best fans in the league. But can't have a pool or sauna <laughs> or whatever the hell that is in the stadium. That's not cool at all. Pools and saunas should only be inside my house. Sure. See, I think you'd be making so much take advantage of having that pool and sauna, and you know, I've, I've been to that stadium. It's it's a lame stadium. No, I mean, but yeah. the, the, having the pool there is kind of cool. They do have a, a special pet area upstairs. The only in the team that too. dislikes that stadium more than the Jaguars is the Packers. Um, all right. <laughs> Titans, meh. That's his breakdown. I agree. Bears, which is crazy to me. Bears is tiered seven, but it says the fan base has been a little sleepy lately, which is fair. Like, I think they, they're, they're an example of the inverse of the 49ers where they were really good for a long time and now they're just like, whatever. Yeah. Can you, I mean, can you recall the last time the Bears were relevant at all? Rex Grossman. <laughs> they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, and But even then, it was like, great, Rex Grossman. And then the Dolphins. who I, Dolphins are interesting because I think when they're good, they can be a really, really intriguing fan base. When they're bad, they disappear completely. <laughs> and Because it's Miami. 
<laughs> and obviously, th- that team looks to be one that's on the rise. The biggest question is, can Tua stay on the, f- the field for yeah. them? But, man, the weapons are around there on offense are crazy. All right, now, Tier 8, this is where we're going to spend the, the, the good amount of the rest of our time here. So, the Patriots, which I think is unfair to the Patriots, who were bad for so long and then had Tom Brady. With but all at that the success, same time, right? I don't feel bad about making fun of the Patriots one iota because – they, they 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 deserve everything they get. They were in number eight. It says when Brady left, he took a lot of the energy with him. Correct. Chargers. Yeah, enough said. Vikings. Yeah, they're a team that moved around too now, and they've lost that whole San Diego base. But I yeah. mean, what base? Right. Exactly. Uh, Vikings. That horn is cheesy. I disagree with that. I think the Vikings have a good fan base. I do too, man. The whole skull chant and everything, and they're they're pretty fired up there too. Bulls. And, uh, <laughs> Foles. <laughs> the, uh, the, the the stadium to me too is one of my favorites in the league. Honestly, remember when Sean Payton did the did the clap at him and then they lost? <laughs> yeah, it came back to bite him right there. Yeah, that felt like instant karma right there. But all right, the last team in tier eight, <laughs> the Falcons. <laughs> this, this description is kind of passionate sometimes, a little bit, <laughs> which is so true. Like there is, I don't know if there's a more fickle fan base in the in the NFL of like you'll go to that game and. That stadium will be empty by the start of the fourth quarter in yeah. games, which is like you would never see that in New Orleans. Even if they were down by 20, you would see them. Like they might leave early, but they'd still be there. But I feel like in, in Atlanta, it's so many people just wandering around the concourses because it's more fun to, to play outside of the stadium than to watch the team on it. That's definitely one of the venues I'm always amazed at on how much black and it gold you beautiful. see on the lower level. It is a beautiful stadium. It's a palace. I've been there several times. I've been there for LSU games. I've been there for Saints games. Uh, fantastic food in the media room. Oh, it's, well, it's just good food in general. It's the only stadium I've ever gotten Chick-fil-A after the game. <laughs> now, yeah. That couldn't have been a Sunday then. No, no. Uh, yeah. I, no, it was football. So or It was college football. I was going to so say, yeah, because Chick-fil-A not open Sundays. Da, 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 da. Anyway, so we have tiers 9 and 10, and we'll just fly through these. Cowboys, massively overrated, massive front runners. Couldn't agree more. Cardinals, great stadium. That's all I got. The only... I think it's the only team that wheels in their grass, which I think I wish more teams could do that because I think having natural grass is so much more fun just in general. Like that's what football's supposed to be, not yeah. just stupid turf. Man, with the Cardinals too, I just remember that night game they played against the Saints, obviously the, the New Orleans loss, but I, I, I just remember the stadium took forever to get packed. And I was like, this is a big you know, night primetime game and fans could care less about it. I agree. But all right, the other team in this tier is the Jets. J-E-T-S. I say this with love, and as someone who has been to every stadium in the NFL multiple times, Jets fans are the meanest ah. in the league, <laughs> not Eagles fans. I said it. I would I would disagree. I don't know if they're the meanest. They are the angriest in the league, and it's because <laughs> they're stuck in traffic all the time, and they play in the same stadium as a team that actually does win, and no one cares about them. I just remember as a young Eagles fan at a Jets game, it was the only time I had my life threatened as a teenager by a Jets fan turning around after an Eric Allen pick six. Just put that in there. I I will say I grew up in Connecticut, which is kind of split down the middle between the (laughs) the New England, Northeast, and the Tri-State area. And it was like Jets and Giants. No, I'm sorry. And it was Giants and Patriots. No Jets. I met like six Jets fans my entire life in Connecticut. I spent the 20, 22 years there. I'd meant like no Jets fans. They seem to be in hiding, but I guess they're all coming out now with Rogers. I think in they're town. in Jersey. I think that's yeah. where they hang out. <laughs> right, exactly. Hey, yo. And then, and to be fair, they they play in New Jersey. Okay, tier ten is final the final one, which includes the Giants. Only Cowboys fans wild. are bigger front runners. Now Giants fans are so boring. Like it's if I was on the Giants, I, I would like when they're not good, it's the quietest stadium in the NFL. <laughs> uh, it's the worst. I hate it. Um but I do love the Giants. Anyway. 
Uh, Texans. <laughs> this is funny. Has anyone seen a Texans fan outside of their natural habitat? No, me neither. <laughs> it's true. You it's never so see true. anyone in Texans gear. Sorry, it's definitely never the, met a Texans. You definitely fan. see the Dallas Star plenty, but yeah, there's never that Texans logo walking around. Oh, I was around. talking to somebody yesterday about why are there so many Rangers players on the All Star team, and it's because Texas is a gigantic state and. They're the Texas Rangers. Of course they're going to get all the votes. Like, Houston barely even cares about Houston. The Astros, and they win all the World Series. Anyway. And then the final one, which that's is a, fascinating That's to me. huge. Kansas City. What? The I'll Tomahawk like Chop right lands you in last place. <laughs> <laughs> Just for that reason, man. Come on. Man, well, you know, if they're the worst fans in the NFL, they're happy fans. <laughs> Amen to that, right? Anyway. Well, there's your list of the top right, there, there NFL is, fan bases. There is one more. The there's one last thing. At one Eagles game, I was seated in the front row of the press box and the fans that are almost right up against the window. One fan, each time the Eagles scored, kept looking at me and air high fiving me. I just smiled. He was the kindest dude. These are the Eagles fans I know. That's why he's nice at the Eagles, because he got air-fived by a fan once. And I love how he, he says, signed Walmart Denzel, because somebody called him that, he said. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> anyway, that, those are the rankings. I enjoyed those. And that's going to wrap it up for this quick Sports Talk Fueled edition of Inside Black and Gold. Myself and Steve Geller will be coming at you later in the week with some new content, a new podcast, getting you ready. We're going to preview what we expect to see at training camp, that sort of thing. We're in the dead period, y'all. There's nothing going on, or at least nothing good going on. This is the time of year where if there's Saints news, it's almost always going to be a bad thing. So, (laughs) fingers crossed that we have nothing to talk about for the rest of this week. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about some expectations, some roster battles, stuff like that, to get you primed for training camp, which should begin in about three weeks According to Jeff Duncan and NOLA.com, the Saints will be reporting on July 24th. So, got a few weeks. Got to get ready. It's going to be hot. Let's do it. All right. Thanks, y'all. If you haven't subscribed yet, this is Inside Black and Gold. Please hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on YouTube at WWL Sports. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jeff underscore Noak, though I am looking for some alternative channels because rate limit Twitter is not where I want to be. Steve Geller is on there at Steve Geller WWL. You can follow the show at Saints underscore pod. You can follow the latest Saints content over at WWL.com and on WWL AM 870 FM 105.3 and on the always free Odyssey app. All right, y'all. Be easy. Peace. Peace.